Let us help you discover the keys to success, the keys to success in your internet marketing. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, CertifiedKnowledge.org. Overcome the trials and tribulations of the past and let Marketing Nirvana revolutionize your revenue stream and ROI. Prepare to experience Marketing Nirvana right now. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Marketing Nirvana. I'm your host, Brad Geddes, the founder of Sort for Knowledge, and we're a marketing training and toolset company designed to educate you on paid search and save you time with our tools. And on this show, we investigate various ways in which your marketing efforts can reach a state of Nirvana. You can find show notes and other information from our guests on certifiedknowledge.org. Now, one of the more complex aspects you get into with marketing is often local. This is, is really two reasons. You've got local businesses who don't have dedicated resources, and, and local is very all-encompassing package. And then you have enterprise companies, multi-locations, who have to deal with local for a lot of places. So to sort of shed some light in this area and, and simplify some of the things we're talking about local and things you should do. I've invited one of the, the true experts in this field, someone who's transcended titles and really is just known as Mike Blumenthal to help us navigate through these confusing areas. So welcome, Mike, and, and thanks so much for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me, although I might say rather than transcending them, rejected them. It, rejected it puts, them. Puts me a little closer to earth <laughs> rather than being transcendent. Uh, I suppose that's fair. That's fair. Okay. All right. So, so we should start obviously by kind of you know framing this conversation about local, and, and so when we say local, right, you, local marketing and local advertising and local presence, like what are we talking about? What, what what does that encompass? Well, really, you're defining the use case for search. That's where buyers are making geo constrained queries. They're looking for an answer in market. In market answer. So, um, does when you think about how how we think of local and how Google thinks of local, are they the same? Is is, is there a, a difference between these? Well, it, yes, there is because Google is a big data company, and I think that most businesses and most people running businesses and most marketers. Um, think of local in terms of the specific location and the specific piece of data. Google thinks of it as a hundred million pieces of data that, you know, the user thinks of it as having to be accurate. Google thinks of it as having to be mostly accurate. So right from the get go, there's a huge discrepancy in terms of how it's conceived. Um, oftentimes there's a matchup in those two perceptions, but Often enough, there's a discrepancy as well. You know, why isn't my listing correct? Why, you know, why can't people find me on my maps? Why can't somebody call me? Why is my old business showing? You know, all of those questions that come up so frequently. You know, and from Google's point of view, you know, if they're more accurate than the next YP, they're do they perceive themselves to be doing a good job. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So accuracy. So, you know, speaking uh, of Google, and, and of course, we've got Bing too. We can't forget to give Bing a little bit of love. Yeah, do you we have can't. 
Yeah, well, you know what? They're they're up to thirty percent query volume in the U.S. So outside the U.S., you can. In the U.S., they're starting to. Yeah, I understand that, but in local, I would I would suggest, given their failings on mobile, and given their unwillingness to invest consistently in local, that when local queries are made, that I don't think they're anywhere near thirty percent in the U.S. And I think that Google has an eighty or eighty-five percent market share in local. Maybe okay, higher. so that's that's a that's a great question. All right, so. Do you have any idea how, like, the usage of of Google Maps or the Seven Pack? Do you have, do you have idea of like how often these are displayed? Well, the Seven Pack, you know, obviously we Google the only one that knows the answer to that. You know, uh, there was a big to do when um, Pigeon came out because Google reduced the display of the Seven Pack. Mozcast estimates that it's about a nine nine and a half percent of total queries on the desktop show the the seven a pack result of some sort yeah one three five or seven pack yeah yep. there's so it, many it, packs now it's hard to to call them something right <laughs> uh, local universal results because there's carousels whatever so um, you know on mobile obviously where the context is different I think and where intent is different the you know Google says that. Oftentimes, 50% of mobile queries can be local in nature versus the desktop, which is probably 25 or 30%. So I think in mobile, they probably show higher, but nobody really can research that because the results are so localized in mobile. You know, literally every five miles down the road, the results change. Yep, yep, which is fair. But when you consider that there's you know, 3 billion queries a day or so on Google, that, that makes the numbers pretty staggering overall. Yes, it, it, for the pack, but you know, there's all sorts of local organic results as well, right? Yep. Um, you know, with Venice in 2012, and subsequent to that, particularly with Pigeon, you see a lot of you know local, purely local organic results, even on non-geo modified head terms, right? So you're in a city, you type insurance, you know, Google gives a bump to high quality local sites on those kinds of searches, and you may you'll see those in local organic results as yeah, well. We're going we're gonna to circle back to that on keywords in this show because that, that's an important thing. So if you're a local business, you know whether you're one location or, or many, and, and you're looking for the, the first things to think about or start doing, what are like the first three things you really should consider? This is before you pull out the gun and shoot yourself in the head, you mean? Yes, because that happens in local, right? <laughs> it does. It does, even to us, right? Um, a so-called expert. Um, so, you know, local, like everything Google is doing, local is about brand. The difference is it's brand writ small within the constraints of geo, uh, a geo boundary, right? And so you need to think in terms of an, uh, a really well-branded business, you know, consistent branding of the name and the f- feature set of the business. Uh, I think that's number one. I think many small businesses have trouble with that. Um, and Google is not, you know, it's kind of like a three-year-old with bottle-bottom glasses. They don't see the world that clearly and don't understand that clearly. And I think clarity of who you are, where you are, and what you do is really important. So, you know, really strong branding, a great local website. You know, we can go into what that means. Um, and, um, you know, if you had to pick a third thing and nothing else that applies to every local situation, both 
single and multi locations would be a consistent broad-based uh, presence in the local ecosystem um, of your name address and phone number across all the major list suppliers and directories you know it's like yep so so we yeah we think of naps right the, the name address phone number things and and you look at the fact that you've got things like you know get listed you have google plus you've got you know google my business now which has gone through like 50 names i think in the past 5 years how how important is that and is like should you use a a, a data submissions you go directly to google plus or google my business and where do you sort of start there from that data standpoint sure so the local ecosystem that has evolved around google's uh, sort of reality you know, Google shows a result on the front page in the pack. Why do they do that? They do it because they find relevant results they and uh, prominent results. And that relevance to Google, the first step in creating that is by being sure that you have a consistent common presence across the primary data suppliers in the United States. That's Locally's, InfoUSA, Axiom, Factual. Right, and if you have a common presence there, that's sort of a first step. Even without touching Google, that at least puts you in the. That's sort of like table stakes, so that your that the data that Google is reading from around the web is accurate and consistent, and that sort of is the first critical thing. So, whether you go directly to those data suppliers, primary data suppliers, or whether you go through a company like Moz, um, that to me is a critical first effort in this project. You know, those companies do provide for small businesses, one location businesses, free ability to list and correct your listings at those locations. Moz, which is a one-stop shop, you know, charges $84, which used to be called Get Listed, now called, Mall, now ca called Moz Local, um, charges $84, but they do it in one fell swoop. They help you not just submit good, but delete the bad. They also submit to a number of other directories, so it's easy. You have a single dashboard, that sort of thing. So I think it's a reasonable value, and, you know, uh, it's the alternative to paying for a yellow page listing. That's the way I look at it. Okay, so let, let's do this. Let's take a quick break for our sponsors, and we're going to do one more important question that keeps changing on local data, and then get it, and then move on in some things like reviews. So let's take a quick break for our sponsors first. More marketing nirvana after we thank our sponsors. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. 
automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back talking about local with Mike Blumenthal. And we just went through, you know, the, the convenience of data submissions. And, and the issue that people run into is you often have YP companies or, or aggregators who want attribution for what they're doing. And so that gets into call tracking numbers. How are our call? How are you viewing them these days? Whether they're on a website, whether are they still being used in data submission over writing stuff, and what's up with call tracking for this stuff these days? Well, uh, in fact, I'm just working with uh, CallRail to publish a short, you know, guide to call tracking uh, in a way that makes sense. I mean, the danger with call tracking is that you if not used judiciously, can cause confusion to the Google machine, the machine that reads these numbers and assembles the data to deliver the result, right? So you have to be really careful about how you're using call tracking. The single and most effective way is to make your main phone number a call tracking number, right? So that you can get the benefits of, you know, uh, recording the calls and and moving the calls around easily and knowing something about the caller and where they've called before. So, you know, you can certainly do that. But you have to be really careful about using the call tracking numbers online at directories, IYPs, and top primary data suppliers. You really need to use your primary number there. If your primary number is a call tracking number, then you will get – you won't get attribution, but you will get other data, right? Yep. Um and then, you know, in terms of the web, you want to be sure that you deliver to Google a consistent number that is cons- that's the same as your landline uh, and the same that searchers see, you know, the primary number. In terms of, you know, certainly uh, paid, paid, paid per click, um, as long as the pages are no index, I think call tracking makes all kinds of sense for paid advertising and for, you know, uh, focused advertising that's bringing people to a page for conversions. It's not a page that's generally seen on the web. Certainly call tracking works great there. Um, it works great with your offline stuff as long as the offline things aren't leaking. You know, the yellow pages leak online. I've seen businesses with you, 
with seven different numbers showing up at, at say Yahoo. And four of those numbers are old call tracking numbers that no longer work or go to competitors because the yellow page company resold those numbers. So you want to be sure you own all the call tracking numbers that you don't and that you're not reusing or recycling, you know, previously used call tracking numbers. Um, and you want to be really judicious in the local ecosystem about not using them too broadly. Um, or at all uh, that where they're going to be seen. Um, you know, there is a strategy where you could take a second number. Let's say you have your primary number and a secondary number. And at Google, you show the primary number. I'd say at all the other IYPs online, you show the secondary number. To the primary data suppliers, perhaps you give them both numbers, a primary and secondary. And then you would get some attribution there. Um, but with a call tracking system, you'd be able to see who your new customers are anyways, you know, who are new callers. So some of that is, you know, I think you're not going to get as much granularity right now because you, it's too risky. At some point in the future when Google handles it better, you can do it everywhere. But right now you should limit the use to offline things that don't leak and uh, pages that are for unique landing page campaigns. Okay. Okay. Great information. So if you've got 50 locations you're getting into this, they should just call you to figure it out. Um, <laughs> really, in some of these things, it gets pretty complex. One source makes sense, right? In a lot of them, then that, that's when you really need to be careful. So, you know, one thing you, you didn't mention in the top three, but you hear a lot about online is reviews. So right. how important are business reviews? So for me, reviews is step four. Right. Um, okay. Well, actually, maybe step five, because step four probably is gathering client email addresses. Right. All too often I see in small businesses an unwillingness and ability to set up a process to gather email addresses. And there isn't any medium that's more cost effective than email. And that's true. Even if you're moving into a review management process, email is the best way. Or moving into a social, right? Review uh, email is the best way to sort of kick that stuff off, right? So in this scheme of most important, you know, reviews are very important, but obviously uh, not top three. So reviews are hard, you know. They're hard because places like Yelp, I have a client, Yelp throws away, has thrown away literally 80% of her legitimate reviews um, because they're infrequent reviewers. They don't meet the barrier that Yelp has set, which uh, Google is a little hard to leave reviews at because it requires a Google Plus account, which is an extra piece of friction. Now, Facebook has become very big in the review space very quickly. Um, a lot of indications that people really like using Facebook for reviews. They're comfortable with it. A lot of indications that people look at Facebook reviews. So Facebook has become, and since they've only turned on local reviews like in February and they're already like in terms of review popularity and the research I'm doing, they're like more popular than Yelp nationally. Certainly not in coastal Californian cities, but in the Midwest or every place else, Facebook is more popular. So reviews are important. It's important though to give your clients a choice. You know, I think you mentioned, you noticed that I, one, my career is changing. I helped to uh, start a company called Get Five Stars, where we've sort of systematized reviews in the context of a feedback process, right? The other thing that small businesses don't do is they have no, or many location-based businesses don't do, is they don't keep track of whether their customers are happy or not with them. They don't keep track of who their best customers are. 
And my belief is that a well-structured review process fits into a process where you're asking for feedback, you're learning what you're doing well, you're fixing the things you're not doing well, you're learning who your best customers are, and then you're asking for reviews with knowledge of, uh, of that code feedback out to your website and asking for reviews. A simple thing, just put the email in and we've sort of developed a system that does all of that for you. That's, so. that's fantastic. And that's get5stars.com? That is. Okay. Yep. Make sure I, I, I get that right. I get that. That's an important one. So so you mentioned earlier uh, about you know the various packs and the carousel. When does – A, does the carousel send a lot of traffic? And, and B, when does Google decide to show the carousel or show a pack versus not? Is there any, any signal to how they're determining that? Sure. So the carousel – let me deal with the second part first, okay? The carousel mostly shows on entertainment and recreational driven queries. Hotels, restaurants, music, music events, music venues, music lessons, um, that sort of, those sorts of queries. In fact, I have a spreadsheet and a post where we've tabulated three to four hundred typical queries where the carousel shows. Um, and you can find that on my website and you can it, there's a link there to a spreadsheet with that's actively updated on queries that show the carousel. Um, so the carousel uh, shows mostly an entertainment driven and recreation driven environment. Uh, it requires some minimum number of um, minimum amount of inventory to show like sometimes in real rural areas you won't see it because there's only two or three of that particular venue it'll still traditional pack in more uh, suburban or rural areas there may be seven or eight it'll show a carousel so there's some minimum number of inventory that google needs but it's typically in recreation entertainment food vacation that kind of stuff um it doesn't send a lot of traffic because the way it's designed is when you click on the carousel, it does another query at Google, basically a brand query, which brings up the knowledge panel for that brand. So it doesn't send a lot of traffic. Um, in fact, uh, Mediative did some interesting eye tracking study, which I wrote about on my blog, um, that in terms of both um, user sort of interest and particularly clicks, they, they, they drop to their organic results more so than use the carousel. Um, and in that situation, AdWords obviously benefits. What we don't have a good handle on, which I think is equally or more important than web traffic, is phone calls, right? Now today, Google just introduced the uh, My Business Analytics to show you how many people are actually clicking to call on your Google results. So we, we might be able to get some of that information. But historically, that there's been no way to know when somebody stops at a, at a carousel or stops at a pack, whether they just you know pick up the phone and call or do click to call on mobile. We've never been able to track it um, easily, and now we can. Okay, excellent, excellent. That that's good to know because that's always whenever you see some of these features, you've got people who are kind of looking and saying, "I want to be there." But the question is, well, do you want to spend the effort? Right? Is it actually worth it? So let's let's do this. Let's take a break for our sponsors and come back, and we're going to circle back to something Mike mentioned earlier, which is keywords, and they're kind of important and local. There's a lot of ways to think about them. 
more Marketing Nirvana after we thank our sponsors. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I signed us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby BubbleFast burst onto the e-commerce scene as a family-owned shipping supply provider back in 1999. The product line has grown, but Mark and Robin still own and operate BubbleFast as a family business. Being sellers themselves has taught them what online sellers need to safely and affordably deliver their products to their customers. BubbleFast is proud to be an active member of the community of online sellers. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meetup groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at BubbleFast.com. Sign up for the Bubble Briefs newsletter to join the Bubble Fast family. Use promo code WMR to get a 5% discount. Or call Mark and Robin at 877-599-7447. Happy shipping from Mark and Robin at Bubble Fast. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. So we're back talking about local marketing with, with Mike Blumenthal. And, and so, Mike, you mentioned this earlier. So I could be in Orlando, and I could type in Orlando Insurance. Or I could be sitting in Orlando, and I could type in Insurance. And I might see the same company. So when you're when you're thinking local SEO, and I want to show for the term insurance, but only in Orlando, right? That usually, if you tell someone I want to show for insurance, they're like, "Do you have a hundred thousand dollar budget to start with?" Right? So, you know, when we think of this, how should we pick our local keywords we do want to rank for, want to show for? Should we go for the only the geo terms, not there? I mean, how do you recommend doing this? Well, you know, you start with a normal keyword selection process, right, and develop a list of keywords that are going to be useful to you, and then you test them against actual results and see whether the pack is showing for them. Um, you know, how wide is the pack, you know, the geography, uh, you know, how many, are they showing a seven pack or a three pack? So you want to, and those are the ones you want to typically then go for, right, at least, um from a local point of view, obviously, if you're seeing a lot of organic results in the local local organic results, those you know are obviously consideration too. So you know you want to assess your keyword collection against what Google is doing. You know, Google, you know, local search is still 
categorical search of a sort, right? I mean, it was based on, you know, its origins come out of the YP categories, and Google used those a lot. Google has obviously gotten a lot smarter with semantically uh, mapping and, you know, synonyms and all that sort of stuff. Um, so you never know, you know, what Google's going to show, but if they show a pack, then, and frequently, and on critical ones, and, you know, a pack is enough visual distraction it's likely that, you know, it's going to be valuable to be in the pack and behind the pack. So that's what you really would focus on in terms of uh, the local side as opposed to the more organic stuff. Now, even in the organic stuff, you know, uh, you might target your linking strategy towards your service plus your location. But more importantly is towards your brand. I mean, Google is, like I said before, uh, you know, branding has become really important to Google. And local, it's always been there. But what we see is really valuable in, in helping Google understand the importance of your brand um, is uh, branded, you know, uh, inbound links, right? Uh, links with the uh, on your trade name, on your business name. And those are incredibly valuable. And Google manages to understand what markets you're working in, um, even if you don't have a lot of specific um keyword links on geography. Excellent, excellent. Did you have a follow-up there? Nope. No, it was okay. just my brain was my brain was wandering. Nope, I, I understand that. And and this is this has been great. And listeners, just to let you know, um, we're we've got a lot more to talk about local. So so Mike has graciously actually agreed to do our next show in two weeks where we're gonna get into multi-location businesses and what some of these recent updates mean to you. Um, but we're almost out of time for today. So, so Mike, of the things we've talked about today, um, any final words of wisdom to, to have someone really kind of think about whether it's your top three or something we haven't mentioned yet that they should really take away and ponder? Uh oh, the pressure's on. Words of wisdom. <laughs> hmm. Um, you know, Google is getting better as a machine in emulating human uh, – criteria, right, of value in reviews, in location, in branding. And to a large extent, really what you need to be doing, thinking about local, once you've got the basics out of the way of a good local website and a good local citation campaign, you really need to think about making your business newsworthy in the local market, in the online local market. You know, you need to think about ways that you can distinguish yourself <coughs> in the local market that will get reported online in a way that Google recognizes that you're a prominent brand. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Good, good, good information to think about. Um, so if someone wants to find you online, stalk you, or just look you up or connect with you, where should they look? Oh, they, I'm, on, I'm active on Twitter. I'm very active on Google+. Uh, M. Blumenthal on Twitter. On Google+, just Mike Blumenthal. And my blog, blumenthal.com forward slash blog. I have started with all the other folks at Local U, the Local U forums, which is sort of all local all the time. We have myself, David, Mim, Mary Bowling, Andrew Shotland, Darren Shaw, Phil Rozak, Joy Hawkins, and a slew of other people. Um, in very technical local areas, specialized areas, Dana Tommaso and uh, Dan Austin, we, we we answer just local questions in a very high signal, low noise environment uh, at the forum. So I, there, uh, you can get you know we charge for them, but you can get very personal attention to very technical and detailed questions. 
Great. And we will put links to all of that in the notes for the show so you can find all the places Mike is talking about. Hey, Mike, thanks so much for being on the show. All right. We'll see you in two weeks. Perfect. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for another episode of Mark and Nirvana. As a reminder, the show notes and other information about our guests can be found on certifiedknowledge.org. New episodes can be found on Mondays at noon Eastern at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find archives of our past episodes at webmaster.fm, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or just about anywhere you can find podcasts these days. Thank you for listening. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.